0: Welcome to Cloudcast Basics, the best source on the internet for learning cloud computing. And now, from the Cloudcast studios, here are your hosts, Aaron Delp and Brian Gracely.
1: Hello, and welcome to Cloudcast Basics, Season 2, Episode 6. This is your co host, Brian Gracely, and as always, is my co host, Aaron Delp. Hey, everyone. Today, we're going to talk about how cloud computing impacts Your current IT and technical staffing, and and how they're you know hopefully going to be able to to transition and change to be effective in a new cloud computing world, Aaron. Why don't you kind of begin to walk us through this framework of how do we think about, uh, you know, the people that you have on staff today, what you might need in the future, and then you know how do you help transition people between, uh, you know, point A and point B? Yeah,
0: yeah. So let's kind of start at the start. Our first point is all about staffing and a little bit of mindset if you will right because even though those technologies may be similar right like hey i can do compute on-prem i can just buy some servers or i can do compute in the cloud as one for instance um but how you purchase that may be different how you operate that may be different and if you're a business owner how you staff your teams could be very different. Um, And one of the big things we've talked about in previous episodes is this concept of curiosity. And so what you're really looking for is a staff that is curious about technology because especially with public cloud and as-a-service offerings, they will be learning new things constantly. And as your business needs change, you want to be able to evolve. You want to be able to pick up new tools very, very quickly and put them into use with minimal effort from your staff. So they you want a staff that is always looking to learn new things and develop their skill sets.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I don't think we can emphasize that enough. Um, you know, obviously you're you're always looking for the best technologist that you can find whether it's you know local or remote or what you can afford but more than anything um, you know the one the one constant in technology is change and if you have people in your organization that are resistant to change especially as you're starting to work on cloud computing um, that's going to be a challenge right it's 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 hard to find it's hard to in kind of invigorate a mindset that says you you're excited about technology if it's just not something you're excited about. I think the second thing on our list is, you know, as a as a as a business leader, you really need to be prepared to invest in your people learning how to work in the cloud. Um Things like certifications, being able to get them, uh, you know, allowing them to have time uh, away from work, um, but maybe within working hours to go begin to learn to work with different systems. There are plenty and plenty of plenty of really good uh, companies, online tools, and other things that can help you learn. But you know, we've gone nearly a decade when companies kind of you know put training and certifications and time for people to learn new things on the back burner, they were trying to reduce costs and so forth. You got to remember, you know, cloud computing and the technologies you're using with cloud computing shouldn't be looked at as a cost center. They should be looked at as something that's going to help be a critical part of driving your top line revenues, your bottom line revenues. Um, So you've got to, you've got to make the effort and and put the budget into, uh, to be investing in your people or, you know, making an effort
0: to, to be hiring people uh, that that are going to augment what you do. Yep. Yep. Agreed. And, and I, and that goes even a step further, right? So think about this of, of with, with these technologies, I mentioned earlier, Hey, I could buy a server in a data center. I could buy compute in the cloud and under the covers, it may be the same processors. It may be, you know, the same technologies, but, but don't assume that those technologies are truly alike. And what I mean by that is, Um, the way in which they're operated and how that relates to your staffing of what kind of staffing do you need to do those operations. And and so what you're looking for here is really somebody with more of a, um, I'll just use the term, uh, an operator background and and more specifically as a service background. Um, This is all about thinking like a system. How are all the pieces in the system going to connect together and not just, Hey, I kind of own this piece, right? Like back in the days of traditional data centers, you had your, I'm just the server admin. I'm just the storage admin. I'm just the networking person. I owned and operated one little piece. Those days really Aren't as nearly as valid anymore because cloud opened up this model, and this new model is all of the pieces are interconnected. I can seamlessly connect that compute to the storage, and this person needs to know and understand those interconnections, be able to operate both of those seamlessly as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I I think the the counter argument, no, not the counter argument, but sort of the 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 inverse to this that's also just as important, you know as much as we say, you know, don't assume that because you know something, you're going to know something else. Don't dismiss that, you know, sort of like skills are transferable, right? So sometimes we have this tendency to go, okay, well, you know, computing in the data center is not like computing in the cloud. Well, if people have, have taken on the, you know, the capabilities of learning that in your current environment and you know, like we mentioned early on, they're continuing to show an interest in their skills. They're continuing to show an interest in the technology. You know what? You know, don't throw away that like seventy percent that is the same, right? Don't be, you know, it, it maybe not in your best interest to sort of completely be starting over because, you know, if that person wants to learn the new stuff, it's very, very learnable, right? You and I have both been through certifications. We've learned things over the years you know, starting from scratch is really hard, but starting from, you know, a known knowledge base, um, you know, gives you a lot of foundational things. And then you've got to have the willingness to go, okay, that's different. That's a little unique. That's new, but you know, I'm going to embrace it. That's going to be the new environment. So, you know, both sides of the coin to that, uh, to that discussion.
0: Yep. Yep. Agreed. Now I will say this, there's probably two areas though, that I think, Even if you have a background in them previously, and even if your organization is staffed for it, there's two areas you really want to pay attention as, as you kind of transition to cloud computing. So as a business owner, you know, you don't have to know the details of them, but, but there's two areas I want you to know, and that's automation and security. And the reason why I say that is again, cloud is all about how can I take all of these systems connect them all together. And then through automation, you're able to do things that previously weren't possible. You know, you, your business and your operations team can turn on hundreds to thousands of machines in the cloud very quickly and easily. They could turn them off as well. And, and so there is really great power to be had and a lot of great um, potential efficiencies to be gained by automation. At the same time, the flip of that is now that you can automate everything, well, now you want to secure it because the last thing you want is somebody who shouldn't. Uh, taking what may have been a, you know, small problem, let's say they fat finger something, they do something accidentally, well, now they're doing it at scale. And so your small problem just became a really, really big problem. Or maybe through automation, it's a series of steps and now leads to more of a cascading failure kind of scenario as well. So, so again, remember, automation and security, two key areas to consider for staffing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, those are areas that if you're making investments, you you're you're never going to you know, the the ROI on those are always going to be really really valuable even if uh, you know, the, the first sticker shock may get you a little bit. You know, the last thing I'll say in this sort of checklist of, you know, could what could be a lot of things is um, you know, as much as we we encourage, you know, you you having people that are excited about what they're doing, investing in those people, you know, sometimes it's it's good to bring in um, you know, bring in some new people that have kind of advanced cloud skills, right? It's um, whether that's, you know, you bring on some new people to your staff or you invest in, uh, you know, a localized consultant or you, know, or, you know, working with a vendor that's gonna help you get there. You know, a lot of this thing with cloud is not, I'm looking to make a slow incremental change. You're often being pushed to make a pretty fast change. So, um, you know, oftentimes bringing in one or two people, maybe a little group of people that have worked together before that really have experience doing some of this stuff it not only is going to help you accelerate it, but sometimes it's it's just going to push the rest of your team, right? They're going to have a local person they can ask questions to somebody, a friendly that they, you know, they might feel unsure of asking, but now they're part of their team. Um, you know, we found, we found that a lot of companies, uh, find success at doing that. Um, you know, transforming is hard. Um, sometimes bringing in just a little extra help, um, you know, or, or some new kind of targeted help can really be a big catalyst to moving things forward. Aaron, what about, um, you know, some of the other kind of real world things that people ought to consider as they're, they're thinking about their IT skills and, and transforming them.
0: Yeah. I, I think the biggest thing to think about, if you as a business owner, you're, you're, maybe you're trying to staff up the business. And when you're looking at these, there's a lot of potential certifications out there when it comes to IT folks and staffing IT teams. Um, and, and so what you want to do is how do I focus? How do I figure out which ones are kind of the good from the bad, if you will, or which ones are going to be most in need? Well, those, those cloud skills and certifications, um, they tend to pay better than the legacy skills. Um, and, and so if you go check out job boards and just look at some of the salaries, you, you will see that as a very noticeable trend, but a little but the why behind that may be also important. Um, the reason being is they, they tend to be more of currently where the more build out is happening. There's more applications being built, um, like that right now. There's more systems being built, um, in the cloud right now, and there is more and more companies, thinking about cloud first as an advantage so it is a little bit of your very typical supply and demand um and and so when you're going into these staffing considerations you want to probably figure out which certifications are important for your business maybe you're implementing a certain technology so you want to make sure somebody is certified in that and you just kind of go from there um and, and so the biggest thing i could think of there is is Certifications really do matter, probably more so than a lot of other industries uh, when it comes to technology and staffing,
1: yeah, yeah, and and sometimes the thinking is, well, you know if I invest in them and and then they can go somewhere and get a better job, then you know why would I do that? I mean, the flip side of that is if you don't invest in them and they go get a better job, you know you, you, you want to create situations in which people want to work at your company. Um, you know, and and you know giving them something as a target, something to shoot for is important. The other thing I'll say is, you know, as much as sometimes we've talked about bringing in some new folks, like don't dismiss um, you know that, that again, that that eager person maybe that doesn't have all the skills today, but understands how your company works, understands the ins and outs, you know, kind of gets things done. Um, you know, especially when you move to the cloud, just going to the cloud is never kind of a seamless thing. There's going to be some transition that's got to happen. Um, People are going to have to learn something new. You know, it's useful to, you know, to, to have some of those kind of, you know, inner working people, you know, the people that just kind of get stuff done, if you will. And you know, you know what we're talking about, Um, you know, don't be afraid to sort of empower them uh, because, again, um, they understand how to make things happen. They've got relationships with people both internally and out t- externally. Um, and then sometimes they can be a great bridge for helping you get to where you want to go to.
0: Yep. Yep. And I'll, I'll actually do a flip side to all of these as well. What are some of the potential um, gotchas, if you will? And I don't mean that in the fact that your business will get in trouble, but I do mean it in the fact that that these are something to look out for because they could be potential speed bumps. Um, security and compliance tend to be the slowest areas within a company to adapt to this move to cloud. Um, and it's, you know, different mindsets. Um, it could be maybe I can't wrap my head around the data isn't in our four walls anymore. It's somewhere out on the internet. And if it's somewhere out on the internet, well, someone can get to it, right? And, and and so there is a, you know, some mindsets that are just slower to transition. And especially if you have regulatory concerns, you're in compliance or you're you're audited on a regular basis, maybe even slower to change as well. So make sure you factor that in when you're making this, these decisions and trying to figure out, do I want to build something over here? Do I want to transition this system from here to there? Always, always, always consider how is that going to impact my existing security and compliance policies within my organization?
1: Yep. Yeah. And it's, you know, it, Those folks, those folks have a very hard job. The world is, there's attacks all the time. And, and, you know, it's just a matter of sort of understanding, like, how do we more incorporate them as opposed to making them, you know, kind of always the bad guys, you know, end of the path type of thing. Then they can say, no, you want to be, there's a term that's used quite a bit now, which is shift left, right? How do we bring them further to the left into our pipeline of what we're trying to do and, and trying to help us be successful up front rather than sort of being the the department of no at the end of at the end of the train track. So, Aaron, I think with that, we've we've talked about, uh, you know, trying to help people you know think about how they're going to transition from current skills to the cloud and hopefully people get a better understanding of some of the things that you know aspects they should consider so with that in the next show we're going to be looking at in the final show in this series is looking at how cloud computing can really just ultimately help transform your business
0: thank you for listening to cloudcast basics you can find all the show details at cloudcastbasics.net or in your favorite podcast player